Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This with Junior Renee Bobrun. If you are a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing conversation that is in its 55th episode. <clears throat> and if you are a returning listener, I'd like to welcome you back to this ongoing conversation and thank you once again. I am humbled by the fact that you have decided to listen to me once again. You could be listening to anyone, but you've decided to listen to me once again. I appreciate that. That is much, much appreciated. In any case, here we are. Uh, last episode spoke about family, uh, spoke about uh, uh, the holiday season, things like that. And I'm going to pivot a bit from that because I remember I was telling you guys from the last episode I'm going to be spending a great deal of time <clears throat> over the uh, on, up until January 1st or let's say December 31st it's going to be about how do we all get along at the dinner table in, in the midst of all the things that are going on contentiously in our ideologies with our loved ones the people that we grew up with etc okay we've been having those conversations and I've been unpacking that a bit from for many people people have reached out to me said it was ha helpful um, I think it's helpful because I've come a long way from when I was maybe early teens where somebody would say something and I'm like, oh, that's it for you. Guillotine. You cut off from my life. That's it. That's that. Can't come back from it. Eh. I don't know. You mature. If you want to call it maturity, I guess that's a good word for it. I'm not going to say I've gotten older. I know a lot of I know a lot of 30 year old, three year olds. I know a lot of 40-year-old, 4-year-olds, and 50-year-old, 5-year-olds that are still throwing tantrums and handling disputes and conflicts as if they were in a sandbox in a park somewhere. So it's not the fact that I'm a little bit older. I would say that I've, I've grown more mature. I've evolved because I'm okay with being wrong. I think I've mentioned that early on in my first couple of episodes. I am very okay if I stand corrected, it is an awesome feeling to know that, whoa, because to me, me standing corrected means I've been given new information. So I don't look at it as if I'm wrong. I look at it as, as, as if I've just received something new. Totally changes the perspective. Like Dr. Wayne Dyer once said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So I don't look at it as Oh, well, I'm just going to keep arguing this point and, and my arguments become more futile with every with every weak rebuttal when someone is presenting something that just rebukes or rebuts everything that I'm saying. And I'm still trying to fight for that last piece of credibility of my argument, as opposed to saying, whoa, I need to stop a second right there. That's new. Didn't get that before. So for me, I get new information. You know, I may have identified with this truth, and that's what makes me more science and fact-based. When scientists, true scientists, get information that flies in the face of everything that they thought was real, they go, oh, my gosh, all my research, I got I to gotta start over. And it's an exciting experience. Tad bit deflating for a moment, but I wouldn't call it deflating, but it, now you've been presented with new information. <clears throat> the reason why I bring that up is because a lot of you guys out there aren't doing that. A lot of you guys out there aren't doing that. You're not doing that. You're standing 10 toes down. A friend of mine used to say, you're being wrong and strong. 
or strongness in your wrongness. <laughs> that was funny. She was Jamaican. It was hilarious. That was, she said, yeah, being wrong, I'm strong. It was very funny. I used to find that very funny. Um, again, as you guys already know, as of November 1st of this year, 2021, I have been journaling consistently, consecutively every day since November 1st, 2021. And I will continue to journal every single day until November 1st, 2022. I've been using the ChavezHouse.com journals. You can find them at ChavezHouse.com. That's Chavez with an S at the end of Chavez. You can go on uh, Amazon. You can go Chavez House Publishing. You can type that in. Chavez House Publishing, you will see all the journals, the fitness journals, the gratitude journals. I wake up in the morning, nature calls. I go to the kitchen afterwards. I warm up some warm water to have my hot lemon, my warm lemon water before I, you know, eat anything digestible. And while the water is warming up, I write what I'm grateful for in my gratitude journal. You will know the gratitude journal because you will see it. It will have a wonderful looking shore with a sunset and a meditative statue on the front. It's a very beautiful cover by Lenore Batista, and she's the one who published and created the journals and a whole host of other journals. It's Christmas time, people. You Kris Kringling out there, you want to give someone an inexpensive yet very valuable gift, useful gift that can be utilized and can help that person move the needle in the right direction in their life and in your life as well, go to ChavezHouse.com, pick up the journals. I'm using them right now. Are they helping? Yes. Um, the fitness journal, is it helping? Yes. I've slacked off a little bit with my working out. I will be the first to admit it. There, I've taken three to four days off over the last 40 plus days. Um, I'm getting back into it. Uh, I've had some, I don't, I don't want to say health concerns. I've just been tired. It's a lot going on, trying to do a lot of things, but uh, it's about getting up early enough to do it because once the day gets started, it, that day can oftentimes take on a life of its own. So the earlier I get into the gym now, the better. Because, you know, trying to get there in the middle of the afternoon or at lunchtime or whatever I'm doing. No, no, there's always an errand. When you are entrepreneuring, there's always something that needs to be done. 24 hours in a day is not enough. That's why the discipline of certain entrepreneurs is so important. Because you got to etch out your day as if someone else gave you a schedule. You know, it's great when you're in school and they give you a syllabus, oh, a curriculum. Oh, you know what time you have to show up. You know how many hours it takes to for every what they say, every hour of study, every hour of class. You got to give three hours of study. You have a metric. You go by it. You, you study. Boom. You're done. <clears throat> but when you're doing it on your own and you have to and you have to create this this syllabus of your life on your own, it's, it's, it's more difficult, It's more difficult, challenging to say the least. And sometimes things get sacrificed. You don't do everything great, but it's a process. And I'm so very grateful that I have this journal that I use every day. And it's part of my discipline. It's part of my consistency. You're not always going to be motivated. That's why discipline and consistency have to be the bedrock by which you get your outcomes. If you're waiting to be motivated and aha and have eureka moments, it's not how it works. It works through consistency. I don't care how talented you are. It's going to be your discipline, your dedication, your consistency that's going to get you the outcomes that you desire, period. So pick up the journals. Go on Instagram, follow us. Whose world is this 2021? Check out my cash app, dollar sign J-U-N-B-E-A-U. The things we're doing today are going to be commodified tomorrow.
a lot of the things we're doing today. So, ironically, I've been speaking about contention and ideological differences and things like that that we need to get past. And sometimes getting past them doesn't mean just smiling and being passive and letting someone get away with something. You may have to check a friend or family member and be like, hey, listen, let me introduce some information to you before you go off on one of your tangents. Just pause, take a deep breath and give me a second and let me get mine. You may have to do that, but still out of a place of love because you have to remember this is your family member. Rachel Maddow is not your mama. Tucker Carlson is not your cousin. You understand what I'm saying? Don Lemon is not your love familia. You ain't familiar with these people. These paymasters and these links that everyone is sending back and forth and these groups that you're joining that you're never going to meet these people and yet your family table is divided. You want to build a different kind of way of looking at the world and a different kind of structure? It starts at your kitchen table. House divided, easy to conquer. Get your house in order. In any case, I'm going to speak about something that I have a bit of contention with. If you guys are first-time listeners, I like to name my episodes and then I go off on a stream of consciousness. <clears throat> the last couple of episodes, I haven't done that because I've told people that I've been keeping it about family and maintaining this family structure in these unpredictable, unprecedented times that are upon us and that will continue to be upon us well into the next year. We don't know what the next year is going to bring. We have Age of Ultron variants and all types of things going on you know, Megatron variant, all types of things, right? They're telling us this is going to be shut down. This may not. Now you have judges ruling on this. Mandates are unconstitutional, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so you're going to have to deal with the fact that some of you are losing your homes. Some of you are losing your apartment. Some of you are going to have to move in with some of the people you disagree with. Deal with that. Let's get in front of that. So I have a contention, but these are neither friend, family members, colleagues, or cohorts. These are actual celebrities. I usually don't like to do the whole low-hanging fruit, reaching out from the headlines kind of celebrity reaction thing. But this is important because it speaks to greater issues. So when I do pick something out fresh from the headlines, I like to give it a macro perspective. I don't just react and give an opinion. I go back in history. I, 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 I show how it can either bind us or divide us. <clears throat> what am I going to speak about today? Today we're going to speak about a couple of NBA players. We're going to speak about sports and politics and the cross-sectionality of it. But, but specifically, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to make it about three players in the NBA, professional players. Two of them are active. One has since retired. The first player is Ennis Cantor. He is a Turkish-born player, born and raised in Turkey, now plays for the Boston Celtics. His name is Ennis Cantor, soon to be a naturalized citizen. I think he just took his oath as an American citizen. I'm not entirely sure. The second player I'm going to mention, his name is Andrew Bogut. He's an Australian-born, uh, former uh, Australian star and former NBA player. And he's now since retired, lives back in Australia. And um, the next player I'm going to mention is uh, LeBron James active player, uh, born in Ohio, Akron, Ohio to be exact, and plays for the Los Angeles Lakers. Some of you might have heard of them, might not have heard of the other two. We're going to get to that. One of them is born and raised American for generations. The other two are not American. We're going to get to that too. 
Why am I bringing them up? The name of this episode is going to be like, it's going to be come and get me. Because I feel that people, uh, these two players, Ennis Cantor and Andrew Bogut, and respectively, uh, have decided that they were going to call LeBron James a hypocrite. Why did they decide to call LeBron James a hypocrite? They decided that LeBron James is a hypocrite because he's not speaking out enough about the quote unquote now the alleged atrocities that are happening or occurring in China. Okay. And his cantor cannot go back to Turkey because I think he came out against the political uh, uh, um, hierarchy in Turkey and the Turkish president said that if he comes back to Turkey, if Enes Kanter comes back to Turkey, et cetera, et cetera, he's going to be arrested or other things that happen. I think Enes Kanter's family has had certain issues as well. Okay. Um, Andrew Bogut, who speaks for the Euro working class in Australia, has said that LeBron James is being a hypocrite because he's not speaking about what's going on in China, et cetera, et cetera. I find that very interesting. I find that very, very interesting <clears throat> that two players white players or what would be considered Euro white players are who are not from this country, who've, who've been in this country maybe 10, 12 years. While LeBron James has been an American his whole life, his mother has been an American her whole life, his father, his grandma, his grandfather. He's been an American for 37 years come December 30th, I think it's his birthday. He will have spent 37 years as an American. His mother would have spent her 50 years or whatever, 40 plus 50 years as an American. You understand? This is a third or fourth, fifth generation American man. Black American man. Ohioan. And he's being told by some European players that LeBron James, because he's the face of the NBA and he's coming out about social justice, about Trayvon, about this, about that, that he should be speaking about China in the same vein. I take great umbrage with that. I take, I take exception to that, and I'm going to explain to you why. LeBron James is, is an expert. He has a PhD in being an American citizen because he's been that his whole entire life. He has a PhD in being a black American citizen. He's been that his whole life. He has another PhD in being a black male American citizen. He's been that for half of his life. As a matter of fact, he turned pro at 18. At that moment, he became a rich man. But from zero years old to his 17th birthday, he was poor. You understand? Because his mom had him when she was she was a teen mom, single mom. From a lot of stories, it's been said that LeBron James has lived in over a dozen different homes growing up. And it's not because he was an army brat. It's because he had a tumultuous childhood. He was going to be a statistic. So not only is he, an, a he has a PhD in being an American, he has a PhD in being a black American, which has its own different kind of education than a black male American. And then he has another PhD in being a poor black American, which he was from zero to 17. His mother didn't have much. So he didn't even have an idea or a concept of wealth. Wealth is an abstraction, rich money, 
things of that nature. It was an abstraction because this his family is in survival mode for most of his life. It's not until this year, this year of his 37th birthday, he's probably going to spend more years on the planet by one year, more years rich than poor this year, this year. But he has a Ph.D. in all of them. These men, Andrew Bogut and Ennis Cantor, don't know anything about being an American. They have not been Americans. They are migrant workers. They come here. They've earned millions of dollars playing a sport in a league that is 74% black, which makes it about 333 black men play in this sport and come from communities. Many of them are middle class. Some of them are upper middle class. Some of them are rich, like Steph Curry's father played in the NBA. The, you know, Clay Thompson. There are many, many players who came from money, but there are many more other players that come from poverty, that come from the very conditions that have been protested about all throughout our news. So I find it interesting to me that an Ennis Cantor and an Andrew Bogut can, can have the gall and the mere audacity to not even be from this country and find a way to critique LeBron James for his social justice activism, something that was pretty much non-existent in the NBA before he decided to take up the mantles. Respectfully, the NBA went 20 plus 30 years of just being corporate. Branding, 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 branding. Sneakers, jewelry, sneakers, cars, selling, 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 branding, attaching themselves to products. All of your best and your favorite superstars were mum. They were tigers on the basketball court. Tigers in practice. Tigers when they went to the Olympics and played uh, different countries, rival countries. But they were kittens when it came to what was going on in the world, around them. The world that surrounds them, the world that was affecting not only their friends and family, because just because you're rich doesn't mean that every single last person you know is rich. LeBron James had to watch a lot of his friends die from violence, go to jail, and just come home now. A lot of his friends that he went to high school with are statistics right now. A lot of those players in the NBA escaped their surroundings. And when they go back, they are, they are, they are uh, reminded of what they left. When they go back to eat and go back to barbershops and they go back to give back, and they, they're going back to places, they're going back to dysfunctions that Ennis Cantor and Andrew Bogut have no idea about and haven't made themselves well-versed about before they decided to hand down criticisms. Let me, let, let, let me, let me tell you guys a couple of things. Let me, let me say a couple of things. You have a league that's 74% black. So Andrew Bogut is from Australia. Let me say a couple of things about... Um, Australia. Um, I lived in Hawaii for, for about a year. I know a lot of Australians. A lot. <sighs> you know, the European settlers got there around 17, in the 1780s. You know, right around the time when they got there, there were about 300,000 Aboriginal people, brown people, black people, one could say. By all definitions, if you're an Anglo, everyone darker than you is pretty much black or whatever, right? There was about 300,000 black people. Right around the 1920s, 
based on disease, famine, and massacres from these European colonists, Andrew Bogut's ancestry. There was only about, I don't know, 50,000 left over. What is that saying? I don't ever hear Andrew Bogut speaking about how the Aboriginal Australians are being treated. I don't hear him on Front Street about how his country is treating the Aborigine, that's treated the Aborigine, how those people were in cages, how those people were stripped of their land, stripped of their culture. Uh-huh, sound familiar? Okay, how those native Australians were treated. How Australia has done a, an inadequate job of making those people whole again. Hmm? How the majority of the land and industries and properties are owned by the settlers that just got there a couple of hundred years ago. Sound familiar? Hmm. So it's interesting to me that it's this man who's decided to go out on Front Street saying, oh, LeBron James is a hypocrite, you know? Hey, mate, how come you're not speaking about China? Why should he be speaking about China when he can speak about what's going on in Ohio right now? You want to know what's going on in Ohio right now? Let me explain to you guys. Hey, as of October 22nd, police data shows the homicide rate for Columbus, Ohio has increased 63%, higher than Chicago's, which is at 34%. That's in LeBron's home state. So when LeBron James is screaming out Black Lives Matter, regardless of what I feel about that organization, that to the side. But when he's opening up schools and creating scholarships, I mean, the school looks like Oxford University where he's providing breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Breakfast and lunches, everything for kids from neighborhood that he came from. Remember, he has a PhD on being in Ohio. He has another PhD on being an Ohio resident. So he knows with the things that he could have used growing up and didn't get. So he has another PhD. Here's his PhD. PhD in being an Ohio resident. PhD in being an American. PhD in being a black American. PhD in being a black male American. PhD in being a poor black male American from Ohio. He has like five, six. He's an expert in all of those things. And what did he do? What did he do? All he did was build a bunch of schools and, 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 and create scholarships and the kids get to go there free of charge and they get to eat great food and they get to have the best campus I've ever seen. I want to go to his promised school. And yet somehow, some way, this Euro-Anglo colonist who comes from a group of genocidal settlers that are still negatively impacting the native indigenous people of their country in Australia right now has the absolute unmitigated gall to come out and speak about, hey, you need to do, you need to speak more about China. He needs to speak more about what? Where? When he's knee deep in the mud in his community, in the country of his birth, trying to improve the lot of the people. Hey, listen, people, let me explain something to you. The year 2020, 8,600 black people were murdered. Homicide. It's up 1,000 people. Hmm? Remember when I said LeBron James is an expert at being a poor black male American? Well, here's a statistic for you. The fourth leading cause of death of black American males is homicide. Homicide. Did you hear what I just said? The CDC. That's not me. That's not whose world is this with Junior and Abel Brun's statistic. The CDC counts 
the fourth leading cause of death for black males in America is homicide. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Bogut. Hey, Ennis. You want to get involved in that a little bit? I don't think we have to go to China. I think we need to deal with that right here. I have a book for you guys. This episode, I'm probably going to be my first episode I'm posting on YouTube. I have a book for these guys to read. It's by a brilliant attorney. Her name is Michelle Alexander. Um, she wrote a book years ago <clears throat> when everybody was patting. Well, when the polite when the polite whites and black people were celebrating like they won the lotto when Barack Obama was elected. <clears throat> Michelle o Michelle Alexander, I'm sorry, wrote a book and it was called. The New Jim Crow. Mass incarceration in the age of color blindness. I would like to recommend that book for those two gentlemen before they decide that LeBron James is being a, a cafeteria activist. He's deciding and he's picking and choosing what he wants to talk about. He's very loud about this, but he's very quiet about that. He has five PhDs in being an American. An American, an Ohio resident, a black American, a poor black American male. And he knows the hypocrisies in our democracy, the idiosyncrasies in our democracy, the promise within our country. And he's here as a patriot looking to make his country better. First and foremost, before anything else, he's looking to make his lot and the people who look like him, his lot better. Because from the from from the statistics, it looks like black American males are in a state of emergency. 8,600 black people in America were victims of a homicide. Homicide in, in his home state, in one of the cities in his home state in Columbus, Ohio, homicides are up 64%. How dare these men come out of nowhere and try to impose on another man what he should feel passionately about when the things that he's actually passionate about affect him directly and directly affect him and people that he grew up with in the community that he grew up with. So you're going to disparage this man because you can. And then you, it, the irony is the reason why I'm bringing this up is because Ennis Cantor was on Fox News the other day. Fox News and Fox News was just so happy because the contingent that listened to Fox, they don't like LeBron. As a matter of fact, ironically, one of the hosts of uh, one of the Fox shows, I think a year or two ago, Laura Ingraham, I think her name was, she told LeBron James to shut up and dribble. That's what we want your athletes to do. In this country, wealth, black wealth, was easier, easier attained by the entertainment field. Because with all due respect to my entertainers out there, the Anglo power structure thought that they can control the black male and black female if they were in the entertainment field. If I have you in, in the entertainment dynamic, it is a so, um, some sort of subservient dynamic. I sit in the audience, make me laugh, entertain me. It's as if the king is, 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 is being entertained by the jester. I will allow you to say all the things that you want to say to me as long as it's in an entertainment capacity. So I'll allow the Dave Chappelle's to exist. I will allow the Dick Gregory's to exist. I will allow this one and that one to exist, but with limits. When you turn into a Muhammad Ali and people like that, you will be the most hated. And for, for most of Muhammad Ali's career, he was the most hated heavyweight as soon as he decided to shut up, to not shut up and not just box. 
So LeBron broke away from the tradition of the NBA of being eerily silent, conspicuously silent on many, many issues that were affecting this league. And the league that LeBron entered into or the league before LeBron was more than 74% black. It was closer to 80 plus percent black, 85 percent black. Now you have more European players. You have an Andrew Bogut was in there. You had an Ennis Cantor. You have, I think, a top five, top six player in the league, Luka Doncic. He's from, he's from, I think, Slovenia. I can't remember where he's from, but he's a European. You have, you have so many different players from all over the world, from France, from, from Africa, from South America, and uh, from other parts of Europe. So the league now is, is becoming a bit more diverse, but it's still a majoritatively black league black male league coming from neighborhoods that are going through a world health crisis across the board. If your fourth leading cause of death nationally is homicide, what are we talking about here? Not top 10, top five. And rising, by the way, remember I told you, 8,600 deaths. That's up from a thousand, that's up a thousand from 2019. I think it was 7,600 in 2019. It's up, okay? Homicides uh, nationwide are up 35, 40%. And the majority of those people that are being murdered are black males. You know, this idea that the alpha black male is this sort of predatory creature, but you know who's the victim of alpha black males? Other black males. <laughs> That's another conversation. So where does Ennis Cantor come off talking about China and what LeBron James is supposed to be speaking about China? I remember Daryl Morey, the GM of the Houston Rockets, when the NBA players were in China, the NBA set these players to China. They're in China, at, you know, promoting goodwill, et cetera, et cetera. And Daryl Morey decides to come out and say something crazy about China. Really? But Daryl Morey doesn't say anything about Botham Jean, who was murdered in his apartment by a cop who walked into his apartment, a female cop who walked into his apartment, shot the man because she thought that man was in her apartment. And she said, whoops, my bad. He doesn't speak about the death penalty that is already shown that we have a judicial system that is three or four times more likely to convict a black person and, and acquit a white person or give a black person more time than a white person. And you still have a death penalty. Knowing that you have a flawed system, you still have a death penalty. Knowing that justice is not colorblind and is definitely not financially blind. There's an old saying um, about capital punishment. Those who do not have the capital get the punishment. Where's Daryl Morey on the death penalty? How'd you take your behind all the way to China to speak about things you barely know about while leaving your NBA players exposed to have to deal with the ramifications and repercussions of what you said? I thought it was very irresponsible, and I was very glad that the Houston Rockets got rid of that GM. But everybody looked at LeBron like, oh, how come he didn't say anything? When people asked him about China, he says, I don't know enough about that situation to speak too much on it. And he was right. He didn't know enough about it. <clears throat> oh, LeBron, LeBron's a sellout. They were calling him Mayo Tung LeBron, and he's, he's down with the Communist Party, etc., etc. Really? Really? Okay. Let's have a conversation about China for a moment while all these people, because I, I, I see a lot of, uh, I, you know, I follow LeBron on Instagram, and oftentimes you'll have people chiming in, his detractors and trollers will be like, hey, you sold out. <clears throat> You're, you, you know, you, you work for the Chinese, et cetera, et cetera. Let's have a conversation about the United States' relationship with China while all these trolls. And it's Cantor, Andrew Bogut. Go buy the book. 
Michelle Alexander, the new Jim Crow mass incarceration, the age of colorblindness. And after you read that, I want you to read Dr. Gerald Horn's books on settler colonialism, especially Andrew Bogan. I want you to read that. And Ennis Cantor, I want you to read that too. So I'm going back to Ennis Cantor on Fox. He goes to Fox and yet they're patting him on the back because he's going to be a naturalized American citizen. This is the very same network that told LeBron to shut up and dribble because they didn't agree with his ideology on activism. But because you are a LeBron hater and you are a detractor and you are woefully misinformed, but you're not misinformed. It's a straw man tactic based on people wanting you to agree with what they agree with. You're in a league that's 74% black. You're in the United States. I'm not saying fall in line, but I'm saying educate yourself more before you come at people that are actually on the front lines and are actually risking things. Speaking about, speaking about social justice issues after the NBA had a 20-plus year or quarter of a century hiatus speaking about anything and LeBron out there wearing Trayvon T-shirts when it wasn't popular out there on Front Street about certain issues when it wasn't popular to do so. This is pre-BLM. And he put himself out there as the most recognizable face in basketball, as one of the most popular sports figures on the planet. He put himself out there when no one else was doing it. And yet you have the audacity to decide that I'm going to find a way to pull the string on this. And all you did was feed his detractors because the very same people that told him to shut up and dribble are telling you to to speak up because now you're because you're in agreement with them how come they're not telling you to shut up and dribble why didn't you boycott fox why didn't you say you know what you told my man you told my nba brother to shut up and dribble after he's speaking about people after he's speaking for people who don't get an opportunity to speak for themselves he's speaking for the poor speaking for the people who are murdered. And if it's not for camera footage, it would be the power structure's word against theirs. And he's speaking for them because he has the voice to speak. He could easily just been making his money, make another billion, trillion dollars. He would have made more money, actually, if he would have just stayed on corporate brand, if he just stayed on code and stayed on corporate brand and just been just that smiling brown face that everybody can cuddle up with, Instead, he decided to say some things provocatively. Instead, he decided to go out there on Front Street. And a lot of his NBA cohorts and brothers fraternity left them out on a leech, on a lurch, as they're doing right now. I'm challenging the Boston Celtics, the Jalen Browns, the the, 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 the Jason Tatums. I'm challenging the uh, um, uh, Marcus Smarts to say, yo, man. You need to quit with that LeBron stuff. You got a soapbox. You have an issue that you feel comfortable speaking about then speak about it. You feel an issue. That doesn't mean you can take away from what that man has been doing since he got into this league 19, 20 years ago. You don't you don't get to just say, oh, you're selling out while he's out there. You don't know what this is costing him behind the scenes, despite the salary you see. You don't know what it costs him and his family when his jersey's getting burned and his homes are getting vandalized and the hate mail that he receives for his racial stances. You see the streets are on fire. People are getting shot in the streets in the United States. 8,600 black people murdered. There's a 26% 
homicide solving rate in, in four or five major cities in this country. That means two out of 10 murders will be solved, especially if the assailant is black and the victim is black, especially when the victim is black. If the victim is a black male, there's a 20 plus percent chance that that killer of that black male will be found. Where are you on that, Ennis? Where are you on that? Mr. Bogut, Ennis Cantor, Andrew Bogut, I need to hear where you are on that. Because here, while we're all talking about China and everybody's China, 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 all of a sudden Chinese are the big boogeymen. Here, here's a little stat for you guys. The U.S. is on course to ship a record $37.2 billion worth of farm goods to China this year. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has a forecast. The sum is 23% of total U.S. agriculture exports, estimated at $164 billion. 23% of U.S. agriculture exports go to China. What are we talking about? Apple. Anybody out there have an Apple phone? Well, Apple, the tech company, had 51 suppliers based in China in 2020. Okay. Walmart has more than 400 stores and clubs in China and is building its e-commerce operations there. 80% of the 75 million products imported by Walmart are from China. 80% of the 75 million products imported by Walmart are from China. So all of these people out there right now talking, all these Ennis Cantors who need to just shut up, the Andrew Bogits, you need to go back to Australia, which you are, and I want to see you speak for the vitality and the inclusion of the brown people that were murdered by your ancestry. Murdered, ostracized, marginalized, pushed all the way to the margins of society. Stripped of their wealth and culture. Huh? And their traditions. I want you to speak about that. We don't need you speaking about things over here. You don't have a PhD on America. You came here as a millionaire and you lived in an ivory tower in an Anglo ivory tower because some of the things that those same black athletes that you play with when they have to drive through certain neighborhoods, if the cops don't recognize them, they have a problem that happened not too long ago. I think one of the Milwaukee Bucks, I think it was a year or two ago, had to deal with that. I know Drew Holiday, who is now a Milwaukee Buck. His, his wife had to uh, uh, rush to a scene where the police were about to arrest her husband. And her husband is a model citizen, one of, um, one of uh, the, the sports quiet sport spokesmen and sportsmen. And he was almost carted off to jail. One of the Milwaukee Bucks, another Milwaukee Buck, had an issue out there in Wisconsin. The, these NBA players don't tell you the perils of being black and then adding wealth to their blackness in this country. You don't have an idea, but yet you play with them. So you hear the things in the locker rooms. So you get a little inkling, and yet you still go out on Front Street and you say these things. And yet this public that goes to Walmart every day is, is also on Instagram and trolling, saying, hey, LeBron, you need to boycott China. You, well, based on that, um, did you say that before or after you went to Walmart? Did you say that from your iPhone? Did you text that from your iPhone that has 51% of its suppliers out there in them? Um, did you say it based, did you, did you, um, 51% of its uh, suppliers are in China? Did you say that from the grocers 
Are you going to boycott America's farmers? America's farmers right now, a great, there's a significant portion of American farmers that would be starving right now if it wasn't for Chinese, for them exporting soybean and everything else to China. What are you talking about? This is what I mean, people. When people don't want to deal with the facts, they go to their feelings and they go to their inherent biases. I spoke to a lot of Australians when I was in Hawaii. I knew a lot of Anglo-Australians that were cool, some that weren't so cool, and I met some that were mixed Aborigine or identified as, a, as, a, as Aboriginal. And I hung out with all of them. And like I told you before, I ask those provocative questions over a beer, over some food. We're going to have those conversations. And I found a lot of the Anglo entitlement of the Australian to be eerily similar and not wanting to resolve the hypocrisy within their history. Not, you know, they wanted to keep this whole uh, they pulled themselves by their bootstraps as poor Australians and made something of themselves narrative, a narrative that can be countered by any eight year old who has a Google engine, a search engine. It's a fallacy. It's a fantasy. It's 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 nonsense. Actually, it's it's spurious. But yet you want to come to this country and speak about the biggest star instead of shutting your mouth. But because you in turn quite possibly have bigoted proclivities, a bias proclivities against brown people speaking up. And so that innate and that inherent, you know, uh, proclivity manifested itself in trying to find a way to diminish and admonish the stances that he's taken even though he's a PhD in every stance that he's taken. And he had acknowledged when he didn't have a PhD in the other stances. Take me, for instance. I'm born and raised in the United States of America, but yet English is my third, fourth language. I spoke French, European French, and Haitian Creole second, right? And then a little bit of Spanish and then English. I didn't learn English till my sixth birthday. But here's the thing, right? Do I get mad when I see black Americans putting up free Palestine? Um, on their Twitters as opposed to free Haiti. Haiti's the first black republic. If every sing as far as I'm concerned, every single black American should be looking at Haiti and going, wow, those people fought for their freedom and won. They beat all of the superpowers. And then the superpowers have been making them pay for that victory ever since. But some people don't even know that Haiti's in the Caribbean because of how they've been educated, indoctrinated. And so when I see free France and I see all the things, people have French avatars, have never been to France, especially when I lived in New York, being born and raised in New York, if you're from the boroughs and you're black, you probably know a Haitian. It's a significant Caribbean contingent in New York. And if you lived in South Florida like I did, this is, you know a Haitian if you're black because there's a significant Caribbean contingent. But yet, though, I would see these same black Americans and same other people have a, a free France. Uh, if France had something going on, they would have the French flag on their avatar on their social media. They would have um, the, uh, the, the free Palestine or divest from Israel. And in the back of my mind, I would go, Haiti's going through it right now. You don't know any Palestinians. <laughs> you don't know anyone from France. You haven't been to France. You don't, you're not from France. You're not French lineage. But the, your black brothers are two hours off of the coast of, of Florida. A two-hour flight, less than two hours you can be there. You leave at 8 a.m., you can be on the ground at 10 a.m. Earlier than that. And yet, nobody speaks about it. Do I get mad at that? No. 
I know what their wheelhouse is. I understand indoctrination, miseducation, malinformation, misinformation that led us to a place where black people can skip over everything that's going on with Afro-Cubans, Afro-Dominicans, Afro-Caribbeans, Afro-South Latin Americans and skip over everything going on in Haiti and Brazil and Cuba and Venezuela and Afro-Mexicans and everywhere else and decide to go all the way to Palestine and go, what? And I'm going, how, how? and then I go, oh, okay, I know how that happened. So I understand how uh, 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 the Turkish tool called Anis Cantor can, can go where he's gone. Even though you're in a league that's 74% black, 333 black men that come from communities that are affected by police brutality, by homicides, by mass incarceration in the age of color blindness, by a failing health care system, by high infant mortality rate. If you look at black America and you put it under a World Health Organization microscope and you just look at it, you would see that the black American contingent in this country are going through to a to a degree. They have certain numbers that are similar to what's going on in the third world. But yet you want to you want this man to say, oh, forget about everything you're going through. You should be speaking about China. Meanwhile, everybody. Why don't you speak about all those sponsors? <clears throat> Where, where's your jersey from? Ennis Cantor. Is that that Boston Celtics jersey? Are you sure it's made in the USA? Hmm. Are you sure those people are getting a, a living wage to make that T-shirt that's on your that jersey that's on your back, Mr. Millionaire? Hmm. Hmm. Just wondering. Just wondering. All the sponsors that are paying for all the sugar water that's in the stands that pe people are spending ten dollars for one popcorn kernel. You, you want to speak about that? But yet, because he's not speaking about what you want him to speak about, you're like, you know what? How do I tear this man down? How do I tear this man down? This man is out there. He doesn't have any scandals in his life. He's a model citizen. He's a model family man. He's been married to the same woman, his high school sweetheart. He's raising three beautiful kids. His boys are doing great. His daughter's doing great. He's won championships with several organizations that were in futility that weren't winning before he got there. What can I do? Because I got that thing inside of me. It's coming from that place because you easily could have gone the other way and said, I'm, I'm riding with Braun. He's the greatest. He's an activist. He's this, he's that, and the third. He's a, everyone should be following his lead. Before him, no one was really speaking about these issues. Everybody was just having fun, playing basketball, being entertainers, which is okay. And he decided to take his, to be a 17, 18-year-old kid coming into his own, no father figure to speak of, no man in the house, so to speak, and, be, and became a man, a man of his house, and became a man, a full-blown male in this NBA, a man in the league, and decided to take on the responsibility of being a big bro to everybody and saying, all right, I'll take the lashes. As they say, explorers get slaughtered and settlers prosper. So LeBron gets slaughtered and gets shut up and dribbled and gets the hate mail and gets his jersey burned and his home's vandalized so Ennis Cantor can go on Fox years later. Wonderful. Must be nice. But I'm just saying that we see you. There's a certain contingent of us that see the Andrew Bogut's in your hypocrisy and Ennis Cantor. I'm not going to tell you to shut up and dribble, but I'm going to say you need to re-educate yourself if you want or if you like being the, the hater. And, and, it, and, it, and, and it really looking as if there's a certain bit of closeted jealousy, envy, and bigotry in there. 
where you want this man to speak about what you're passionate about. Like I told you, my people are two hours off of the coast of this country and no one speaks about them. The first black republic, no one speaks about them. Only slave army, African slave army to free itself from the superpowers. Only one to do it. No emancipation proclamation, no anything. They use their spears, they use their faith, they use their numbers, and they, 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 they did what they had to do. None of these people in this country know it and speak about it. You would think that we were on another planet, and I hear them speaking about every other country but ours. No, free Palestine, free this, free that, free, free what's going on, free this. So you want LeBron now to speak about the Uyghurs, which is a Chinese minority inside of China that 99.9% .9 of the Americans have zero clue about and never heard about. Okay, but you want him to educate himself on that. When I told you he already has five PhDs on being an American, an Ohio resident, a black American, a black male American, and a poor black male American. And he used all of that to get to where he is. And when he became a rich black male American, he decided to use his voice. When he, tried to, he used his money his voice, his power, and leverage, and he's affecting change. Meanwhile, all you're doing is critiquing because he's not speaking about what you want him to speak about. Very interesting. I just want these guys to know that I find them to be extremely hypocritical. I find what they're doing to be disingenuous. And I say, you have no idea that you're being used as a tool. Maybe you do have an idea that you're being used as a tool for people who want to promote the hypocrisies within our democracies. LeBron's not one of them. I can have another critique about the man, about a whole, a whole host of other things. Not this. Not this. You guys are in the wrong. Andrew Bogut, go, I need you to be walking in Aborigines Lives Matter. Those black Australians, those Aboriginal Australians, those native Australians that are pushed to the margins. Let me see you speak for them. Now I know he's speaking about the lockdown and the government lockdown and the quarantine. So he's sort of speaking from some sort of quasi-populist stance, but it's nonsense. I want to see you on the front lines of that, but you haven't. You haven't been on the front lines of that. But meanwhile, you want to talk about a man that's on the front lines in his own country. He put this league on his back. Every city he's gone to, he's put it on, its, on his back. I want, I want the, and, and I'm challenging these NBA players. Tell him, tell him, if you have a problem with what Andrew Bogut is saying, slide up, don't slide up in his DMs at that man publicly, publicly on Instagram and Twitter. If you have an issue with how Ennis Cantor is coming at Braun and how and why he's coming at LeBron, at that man. You can at this interview. You can at this, this discussion. Because both of those guys are hypocrites. I saw this man being used as a tool on Fox, and I'm like, oh, do, do, do you sign up to be a tool? This man told your NBA brother, I mean, this network told your NBA brother a couple of years ago to shut up and dribble. And now they're allowing you to speak because you're actually speaking up about the man who was told to shut up and dribble. And you're calling NBA players entitled and how they should love to be in America and this, that, and the third. Look at the numbers I showed you, friend. Go write, go read the book. The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration in the Age of Color Blindness. Go read Dr. Gerald Horn's co collection. I think The Apocalypse of Settler Colonialism. Go read that. Hmm? Go read a little bit. Go do some research. Okay? N and, and I don't mean by these nouveau activists and these nouveau intellectuals. No, 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 no. 
No, I'm talking about real intellectuals like, like who, I'm, who I mentioned. If you want, you can email me. Get at me. Come get me at whose world is this? Whose world is this? 21 at Gmail. Or on Instagram, whose world is this? 2021 on Instagram. And if you want to have a discussion, we can have a discussion. We'll talk about this later, everybody. Um, if you're on Spotify, definitely follow this show. I really would appreciate it. If you're on uh, listening to me on uh, Apple and uh, uh, with iTunes, definitely subscribe, rate, and review. Don't mind me. I'm, uh, I, I got a little distracted. I'm, I'm babysitting one of my little uh, neighbor's dogs over here, Winston, and he's looking at me like, damn, June, you're kind of going in right now. Yeah, I'm going in. I'm, this is me, you know, this is me drawing a line, not in the sand, but in the concrete because I'm a, I have a PhD in being an American. I have a PhD in being a first-generation American. I have a PhD in being a black first-generation American. I have a PhD in being a black male first-generation American from working-class, middle-class parents. And I seen the whole gambit living in Queens, New York. I read extensively. I lived it. I read it. I explored it. I traveled. I discussed it ad nauseum. I had the most uncomfortable conversations one could have. I've had more uncomfortable conversations than most people have. Most people shy away from the conversations that I run towards. And I've had friends tell me that, like, yeah, June, a lot of this stuff you be saying, I'd be like, wow. Like I said, I have family, I have family members and friends that you're just like, wow, June, you know. I remember when Barack Obama got elected and in, in his second term, I, I, I was giving him the business and a lot of my friends are no longer my friends because they were so upset with my stance on 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 many of the policies. And I was like, that's cool. If 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 I hope I hope it was worth it because because I'm supposed to be your homie. I don't know what Barack and Michelle are doing for you at the moment. But if you need to borrow a 20. Probably come from me, not them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I was like, all right, no problem. You're going to pick you're going to pick somebody with an eight year term over me. Of foot, I cool, but um, I have a huge problem with that. I have a huge problem with the hypocrisy in this country. When I go, when I read certain message boards, which I try not to do, and I and I um, I spent many years <clears throat> not reading what people write on message boards or reading comments. I'll look at something and I move on. I'll view something and I'll move on. I I don't look to see what other people think about it. Eh. But I don't know, over the last couple of years, just watching how certain tides have changed, I've been reading more and more. And the way people treat China as if it's this boogeyman and that not every single last one of us is either <clears throat> been benefited or harmed by America's relationship with China. And we don't say anything about it. But then all of a sudden, oh, a celebrity, oh, LeBron, oh, you want to talk about black lives? What about Chinese lives? Really? Did you see the numbers? You're going through genocidal conditions in this country. The fourth leading cause of death for black males is homicide. There's a two out of ten success rate of murders if there's a black victim. What are you talking about? Do you need to go anyplace else? He has a 64% increase. There's a 64% increase in homicides in his home state, in one of the cities in his home state. Chicago had 678 murders between January 1st and October 31st of this year. I got these numbers in my head, people. 
I got these, num these numbers rattle around in my head. So when I see these things go on in the world, I got all of this stuff in my head and I'm like, really, dude? You decided to say, how come you ain't talking about the Uyghurs in China? Because he's not talking about the Uyghurs in China because he's talking about the Negroes in America. Okay? He's trying to fix that first. It's almost like you're trying your best to handle everything in your house with your two, three kids. And you're trying to be the best parent possible, doing everything possible. And someone is actually asking you, how come you ain't, you know what I mean, in this other state taking care of somebody else's kids? And you go, wow. You go, oh, well, 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 LeBron profits from his relationship with China. America profits from its relationship with China. Stop it. You have the largest brick and mortar retailer profits. Do you want me to read the stat again? You want me to read the stat again, people? Here you go. As previously mentioned, 80% of the 75 million products imported by Walmart are from China. Bang. What are you talking about? Oh, he, he profits. Really? So the sneakers you buy, uh, how, how about that Colton that's in your phone? You know, you get that Colton from, you know, that, there's a metal that's in your phone. It's called Colton. It's, uh, it, it doesn't heat up. The reason why your phones and your laptops and your flat screens and your tablets and your screens and your cars don't just overheat is because Colton is a metal that remains cool. It remains very, very cool no matter how many times it heats up because our phones, our laptops, our tablets get very, very hot. But Colton can stay, remain very, very cool. You know where you get Colton from? Question mark, dot, dot, dot. You get it from Africa. Do you care that there's blood on your hands every single time you text with your phones and your tablets? Because those Africans aren't getting rich. Huh? When, when, when all your favorite industrialists come to, come to town, go to an African village, and they go, hey, you guys have Colton. And they're like, Colton, where? We don't know what your Colton is. We don't have any idea. And you sweep them off of the land. By hook, crook, genocide, you hire henchmen. And now all of a sudden, we have Colton, ladies and gentlemen. Do any of you care? Did any of you really care about blood diamonds? Hmm? Remember the whole thing about conflict diamonds? There was a couple of movies. DiCaprio and Digimon Hunsu was in one. Nas had a song called Blood Diamonds. Kanye had a song called Diamonds Are Forever. And he, he had a reference to uh, these blood diamonds. Don't lie to me, man. You know, whatever. Um, do you guys care? Did you guys really care? Do you guys really care about blood diamonds? Do you care about blood Colton? Do you care about blood copper? Do you care about all these essential metals that you're getting primarily from Africa and the conflicts that exist due to those resources and how many women and children are killed, how many boys get turned into child soldiers? Where are you on that, Ennis Cantor and Andrew Bogut? While you're texting and tweeting, you're tweeting with the device that has the Colton in it that has blood on it from these little black babies. Do you care? I can go on and on because I know almost every single conflict that's going on right now. Uh, you know, and that's why I would love to have a conversation with one of these people. I don't have a Twitter. I'm not going to start one and start tweeting and twitting. This is my forum. This is my arena. But I'm noticing these people are so a la carte with their outrage. This a la carte outrage. Oh, you're going to be outraged that someone has taken a stance to help people that he identifies with. Because he's not taking a stance on some people that live how many miles away that he that he doesn't know at all, that, that he has no no contact with. Truthfully, what are you talking about? Really? So he goes to China and you go, well, why is he in China? Really? Why is Marvel in China? 
Why is your whole Hollywood industry right now catering and, 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 and moving and rerouting its movies to, to cater to the Chinese market? Because they, they are now the number one movie buying public on earth. Why is it that Tilda Swinton's character turned into an English person and not someone from Taiwan, I think, like it was originally written for Doctor Strange? Because the Chinese government said, you ain't going to play this movie here, man, if... The, if you don't change that character and you know what Marvel did, they acquiesced and they said, shoot. Okay. Where are you guys on that? Are you guys beating down Dr. Strange's door? Um, what, what was that man's name? Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's door and Tilda Swinton's door for that. Are you doing that? Are you, are, are you um beating down Robert Downey Jr.'s door for that? And, 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 and uh, Chris Evans and Jeremy Renner and Scarlett Johansson's door. For, 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 for placating and catering and acquiescing to the Chinese market? No. You're not doing that. You're not doing that. Hmm? What are you doing? Okay, the dog is going to bite my leg. No, you don't nibble on my leg. Hmm? So let's talk about that for a minute. Where are we? Thousands of miles away, China is. And we're right here. None of us want to deal with what's going on in America. It's like when Drew Brees, when Colin Kaepernick kneeled and he tried to turn it into an issue with the, with, with the soldiers. Oh, he's, 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 he's doing that against our soldiers. America's burning. A lot of people don't like to think so. A lot of people want to blame this one or that one. But America has certain infrastructural issues that are embedded in it from its inception or conception. And when people speak out about it, all of a sudden people will decide to it's like when you're having an argument with your significant other and you're having an argument about one thing and they try to bring up something totally unrelated to try to deflect and detract from the thing that you're speaking about. So when Colin takes that knee and you go, oh, you're 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 disrespecting the soldiers. No, I'm not. I'm trying to highlight issues with people that look like me, a significant portion of the population of what they're going through now. I don't have to go speak about what they've gone through historically, what they're going through presently. That's what I'm looking to highlight. And I'm giving you numbers, people. The fourth highest cause of death, you have an infant mortality rate that is tantamount to certain countries, similar to certain countries, parallel to them in the third world. What are we talking about? No black American or person that is making their home in black America needs to speak about any issue. No person in America needs to speak about any issue more than what's going on here. You don't have to leave our borders to find places that are in a state of emergency. Hey, Detroit is bankrupt, everybody. Still. Huh? There's still lead in their water. Remember that thing? That, is that old news? Is that old news now? We're, we're not talking about that anymore? How everybody's dying from the lead poisoning Kids are being born with birth defects at the most alarming rate in the United States. And it's not just Detroit. If we were to do a lead level check on many, many states in our union, they have higher uh, 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 deposits of lead in their water than in Detroit. Whoa. Where's Ennis Cantor and Andrew Bogan on that? Oh, you, oh, you didn't know that? Oh, but you're a millionaire. You have access to all this information. You can you can have a personal assistant and they can any subject you want to know about. You can just send them on the job and be like, listen, I want to know everything about lead poisoning. And I'm going to go play. I got a West Coast road trip. 
You know what I mean? We got to play Sacramento, Golden State, uh, the Lakers, and the Clippers. But when I get back, I want you to have a spreadsheet with everything going on in this country about lead. You can be as well-informed as anybody without having to pick up your phone or anything. That's the resources allotted to you. But yet, with those resources, you decided to demonize and bash someone who's on the front lines of activism in this country, in the, in the birthplace of his children, his wife, his mother, his family, his friends, his, his ancestry. So knock it off. Like I said, anyone want to get at me? Whose world is this 2021 on, on uh, Instagram? Whose world is this 21 at Gmail? Definitely subscribe, Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify. This particular episode is going to go on YouTube. This, uh, it's going to be the audio. I'm going to figure out what I'm going to use as a graphic. But um, this particular episode, I want it on YouTube. It's going to be out there. And if anyone wants to tag the Ennis Cantors and the Andrew Bogats of the world in it, feel free. I'd love for them to get at me. And on that note, good night.